1: What is up, Nets fans? Jack Manuel here for the Brooklyn Buzz, and the Nets are back on the winner's board. 129-101 to win over the Orlando Magic. They're above 500 again. They're at 10-9, and boy, oh boy, it was a statement. It was a big statement after the... Uh, look, was it anything less than pitiful performance against the Charlotte Hornets? Nick really dived into that one very deeply and very succinctly, but... This was a a game that needed to be won. Orlando going off a back to back, and the Nets now beat the Magic, who have been you know red hot this year. You know, I think they were in like a nine game winning streak, off on a back to back. No faults, no Isaac, but no excuses for the Nets, and it was a very very good win. And the statement was made in the first. You know, forty three to twenty two. They were shooting the ball really well. They were only outscored in one period out of the four. And that was in the third where the Orlando Magic put up 34 to the Nets, 25. But Spencer did what he did some nice things in that third quarter to give the Nets an ascendancy. And they held the Orlando Magic to only 16 points in that final quarter. But the story of this matchup was Mikhail Bridges, Brooklyn Bridges. This was just an outstanding game for him. He has had some marvelous performances as a Brooklyn net, And I think a lot of people early on weren't writing him off but had their reservations and I think Mikhail's general mentality is that look and he spoke pretty and I think I said this to Nick and I said or maybe I said this on a solo buzz he himself was like yeah I'm not playing my best here I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing on both ends of the floor and offensively tonight he was just he was on it like there's uh, uh, look let's just get to the all the records. He's 34 points in a half are the most by any NBA player in a half this season. And there's about 400 NBA players in the NBA, including the likes of Luka Doncic, Kevin Duran, Devin Booker, but Mikhail Bridges outscored them all in an outstanding half. And what was an even more outstanding quarter was that 26-point first quarter. That is the most by any Nets player in the first quarter since play-by-play tracking began in 96-97. And it's the third most in any period by a Brooklyn Nets with KD, Karras, uh, and just Joe Johnson and D'Angelo Russell with bigger scoring quarters. Uh, and in terms of any player scoring 26 points in a first quarter, Luka Doncic was the last player to do that last year in February 2022 uh, against those uh, Los Angeles Clippers. It was just, it was just insane. Like, he's 15 of 18 performance from the line, which is a number that I am... I just love seeing, I always speak about it with Cam Thomas, and I think it's emblematic of the Nets' offensive mentality because they can get a little bit stagnant, dribbly, indecisive, but when they're making those statements and really just, just relentlessly trying to get to the rim, draw that contact, make buckets in that sort of painted area, that's when they look so dangerous. And that's what why like Mikhail Bridges looks so dangerous. So his 15 of 18 performance on the line is a career high in both makes and attempts. Uh, and he's 42, is his fourth 40 piece of his career. Obviously, all those coming as a Brooklyn, Ed, and this one was right up there with one of his best ever games. It was just... Uh, he just he was finding every single thing. And this is against an Orlando Magic team who's been pretty bloody good uh, on the defensive end of the floor. Obviously, no Jonathan Isaac, who I think would have posed maybe some trickier issues for him, but he was like toying with Franz Wagner like it was no one else's uh, like it was no one else's business. And I think one thing that I've really loved from him is, look, I, I made some, uh, look, uh, X twitter whatever you want to call it, Is an area where I can get a little bit heated sometimes, a little bit jovial, a little bit jokey. But what I've seen from Mikhail these days is since, you know, I might have maybe wrongly criticized his handle, maybe rightly in in the moment, but there just seems to be more control in terms of the way he's handling the basketball and just knowing. And and I I think I said actually to Nick uh, on, on a pod where Mikhail was. Not struggling because he did have a pretty consistent start. The He just wasn't having that efficiency and burst and aggression uh, that we sort of saw from him in his latter points of 22-23. But what I've seen from him now is that aggression is there, that proactive nature. I said he was reactive. He's anything but that. And this game really did prove that. And the last sort of five or six performances for that matter really did prove that. So look, it was just when he had this, I think it was towards the end of the game, you know, one one eleven, one ninety four. He gets to switch onto Franz Wagner, I believe. He gets those little fingers going. Uh, that seems to be like his second celebration outside of the, the obviously great three point celly, which is you know absolutely iconic. And it was, it, it, I it was either like he can't guard me, he can't guard me, or they can't hold me. Uh, he, no one could contain him tonight. He was just, uh, and that like that finish at the basket, with the and one, like the floater. The fact that he has a... Obviously, he's got that Pinoy step where he sort of takes that little extra one, sort of he's got a really smooth Euro step. The control and aggression is that balance that McHale is really starting to find. And I think that what we saw in the last game against the the Charlotte Hornets, like he's like, nah, I'm not letting that shit happen again for my team. He put the team on his back and he's like, jump on, lads. I'm leading us to the promised land. And this was a game that the Nets needed to win. You know, at home... You know, it was, you know, after one of their poorer performances of the season, so it was just, just sensational all round from from Mikael Bridges. You, you can't ask for anything more. You know, there was a an insane two way sequence. This was towards the end of the second quarter, so he's guarding uh, Paolo Benchero. Paolo Benchero, Sorry, I don't want to be one of those dudes who mispronounces uh, NBA players, but he he he's guarding him. He locks him up, and then Cam's sort of running the floor. Mikael's running with him. And he gives him the sort of go-ahead pass, nice little bounce pass to Mikhail. He gets the the, the the end one. It was, one, his ability to fight through screens is something that I really want to continue seeing from him because it's an area of strength of his. Like, he locked Palo Caro down. And Palo Ben-Karo has been sensational for the Magic this year and has been sensational. He's just a really great prospect for them. But Mikel Bridges showed is just like, nah, I'm doing everything on both ends. And again, he did that little three-fingered sort of celebration where he's just twinkling a little bit. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are, Mikel Bridges. I know what you are. You are a goddamn freak, son. In the best way, obviously. A freak is a, a very good thing in, in this account. But yeah, that, that two-way sequence was just sensational. And a nice dime from from Cam Thomas, might I add. I'll get to him in a little bit. Obviously, his efficiency wasn't amazing tonight, but his playmate really did show something but yeah Mikel Bridges like there's only look I could say probably probably plenty more about him but well I probably should get to a few of the other guys but I'll get to them after the break guys and the like Spencer Dinwiddie Dennis Smith Jr his return as all and also a Ben Simmons injury update
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, let's get to... Let me take a look at my notes. Let's get to Dennis Smith Jr. Now, Dennis Savage Smith Jr., uh, probably according to him, after that nice little post-game press conference, it was... You know, in his return game like you just love the energy that he brought like he he was just doing absolutely everything on on both ends of the floor it was just a, a joy to watch him out there and this is the sort of Dennis Smith Jr that I think a lot of us envisioned seeing when he did return to the Brooklyn when he did come to Brooklyn was that sort of hyper aggressive athletic sort of nature that he brings as a sort of not a chaos merchant in a bad way, but a chaos merchant in a in a really good way. Like he had this this rebound that I was just like, wait, how the hell did he actually get that? Like, wh- what is they're gonna do like a drug test on Dennis Jr. for the vert that he got? So this was at about twenty nine sixteen, towards the end of the the first period, and you think the ball's gonna fall into an Orlando Magic player's lap, but. DSJ just gets up like he's got springs trampolines underneath his feet and he throws the go-ahead pass uh, and it lands a, 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 the bucket for Spencer Diermoody and it's basically the, the type of basketball the Nets you know, envision themselves playing on, on that end of the floor. Getting the go-ahead pass, getting easy buckets, like take, securing the def- defensive boards, which they've, they've done tremendously this year. But Dennis Smith Jr. was... Bloody brilliant tonight, guys. 10 points, 10 rebounds, a season high for him. Did also have six dimes to go with two steals and a block. He's stitched out five plus assists in six straight games. Obviously, all those coming off the bench. The only net, the first net to do that, obviously, since our very own and current uh, bloody gun Spencer Dimwoody. And when <laughs> Dennis Jr. was asked, what makes him a, quote, savage? Uh, this is via Eric Slater. How many games did I miss? Six? You don't just miss six and come back like that. I love that the bombastic nature. Like I, I love a bit of attitude. I love the confidence. It's just something that you know you just you want to see from guys. Have that uh, assured nature in, in what they've got and what Dennis Smith can bring to the team. You know Dennis Smith Junior uh, has a, has been pretty good as an. I would say I'd have I've had as I alluded to earlier higher expectations of him. But tonight is the exact the exact game that you need from him. Yeah, obviously didn't hit a three ball, but he was five or 10 from the field for those 10 points and, and plus 18 off the bench. And, you know, he sort of alluded to as well what he brings to the Nets. He's wrote just impact, rebounds, steals, blocks. There's more than one way to skin a cat. So I'm just trying to give my team whatever they need. Like I said, just be an energy guy and get wins and make winning plays. That's what the impact that he's sort of alluding to. You know, I think that we get caught up in maybe not we don't but we sort of look at scoring as the the prerequisite as the you know if you can't do that you can't impact the game but Dennis Jr showed that there is a multitude of ways a multitude of skills that could impact you know winning basketball and he did that tonight and you know, hopefully this is a nice little building block for him after that six game absence brings it against the Atlanta Hawks you know can lock down Trey Young and bring that really high level defense get the ball moving. You some nice kick-out plays. Just be aggressive, you know. And Mikel and him re- re- define aggression in the way that they play with their purpose and mentality tonight. So full kudos and credit to Dennis Smith Jr. on a, a, a bloody, bloody awesome game from him. Uh, apparently, uh, and alluding to his game as well, it was his fourth career points, rebounds, double-double. And he played... He's been. Uh, and the first... The, he's... <laughs> Let me get to that again. DSJ played the least minutes in a 10-10-5 game off the bench in franchise history. So 21 minutes for him to put up those numbers is uh, not a a small accomplishment by any means. So just a, a wonderful game from Dennis Smith Jr. And there was more guys that were contributing as well tonight. And I think Spencer Dinwiddie in his 35 minutes, eight of, 15, 8 of 15 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. Did also have 4 rebounds, 3 assists, only the 2 turnovers was plus 21 in the minutes that he did play. Look, it was the 3rd quarter, in late, in the, late in the in the 3rd quarter where Orlando's making a little bit of a comeback. You know, they're down about 9-ish if I'm not mistaken. And he just goes, you know what, I'm going to lift the team a little bit here. And he, he did, he got the, he got nine straight points and the Nets just had that little bit of an extra cushion. As I alluded to, the Magic did outscore the Nets, you know, pretty, not handsomely, but comfortably enough in that third period. So without that little run, you know, 17 of his 22 points came in that third period. It was just, you know, Obviously, Mikhail contributed outlandishly in that first half and then only scored, you know, eight points in the second. Ball, but they didn't need all of that from him. It was just Spencer continuing to to show what he can do. Like, he just knows... He, it, cometh the moment, cometh the man, cometh Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that's... He just has a, a great feel for the game. Like, his intelligence is beyond compare. Like, he's just a smart, heady basketball player and will make the right plays when the time calls for it so you you can't and this is just what he does and it's good to see him you know bring back that consistency after you know he had some subpar games he wasn't impacting you know whether it was as a playmaker or as a scorer or the efficiency so really really good to see from him that Spencer Dinwiddie really stepping up when uh, it it, the moments did matter and it was you know it was a a, a wonderful game from him you know him and him DSJ and, and Mikhail obviously really leading the way and I'll, I want to get to, to Cam Thomas. Obviously, look, you look at the box score. Doesn't necessarily sing home. He got the start. 7-23. That's not great. 4-9 from three. That's pretty good. 2-2 two two from the free throw line. That number, you want to be a bit bigger. But seven rebounds, five assists. That's what sticks out to you with only the two turnovers. Obviously, got the 20 points on 23 shooting possessions isn't incredible. But you see, you know, he sort of obviously everyone check out the old man in the three pod with him uh, and JJ Redick and just really diving deep into his game and his mentality and just his personality. It's I just love the way Cam Thomas plays basketball. Like, and I I knew we got these glimpses of playmaking throughout his short young career. Like in terms of people have just labeled him a gunner and yes, that is his prerequisite high level a plus skill. But he also is just a hooper. And he knows when to make the right plays in terms of like sort of similar to what I was saying with Spencer Dewany. I guess one point I'll, I'll point out at fifty-four thirty-nine, about halfway through the, uh, the the second period, I alluded to that earlier dime that he had to, to uh, Mikael Bridges. But you know he's sort of driving, driving sort of hesitating a little bit. then he finds Darren Sharp down low on a nice sort of wraparound pass. You know, his handle is something and control just like he's got that ball on a string like he he's not going to lose his own handle like he's going to have to get like a a really aggressive high level defender in his face to sort of get that ball away from him He just knows he's either going to get a shot or he's going to get a pass off and it was wonderful to see sort of like his playmaking really come on show and you know Jacques Vaughn was highlighting it as well and he said this you look at the passes he made tonight. He can play, mate. He's more than a scorer. He can make plays for others. He's such a weapon because he can score the basketball that he'll be able to draw double teams. He'll be able to get to the paint and get free throws for us. That young man can hoop. Now, my fellow Jacques, he's he's spitting here. I, like, th- this is the highest level of spitting that I've heard from Mr. Vaughan in a very, very long time, and... Look, maybe Jacques Vaughn has been tough on Cam Thomas, but Cam Thomas also did say that he's got a great relationship with Jacques Vaughn. And I think this year has shown the growth. And look, in the past, he might not have had that. He might not have earned the trust of of Jacques Vaughn. And maybe he deserved to have that trust. But as it currently stands, Cam Thomas is a star in the making. He is a bona fide starter at the very least. And he is a very, very talented, dynamic offensive player. And he's improving defensively too. We've already seen that. You know, the Dallas Mavericks game really highlighted that for me. But yeah, to see those five assists and because as, as Jean Vaughn is alluding to, because he has such gravity as a scorer, that's going to open things up for his teammates. And he's doing that more and more now. And because Spencer's contributing more offensively, McHale's showing that, we've got the likes of Cam J out there. He got the start, obviously, tonight, and Dorian Finney-Smith, unfortunately, uh, had to take the the game off. Hopefully, he's back after a few days rest uh, heading into the Atlanta Hawks game. But Cam Thomas made the most of it. And look, the the the, the casuals will look at 7-23. That's the only number they're going to look at. The real hoop-knowers, the ball-knowers, will know what Cam Thomas is. And... Call me CT Obsessed all you want, but I love this kid. But yeah, Cam Thomas showing growth. You love to see it, ladies and gentlemen. You absolutely love it. You know what else you love? You love Dayron Sharp. No, that's don't adjust your headphones there, guys. This is, I think maybe, look, I'm not saying he's at an A-plus season. I'm not saying he's had a Cam Thomas, Mikael Bridges run, even Spencer Dimity, but he's proved he's going to be a backup center in this league. And the move that he had at 61-41, Cam Thomas feeds him in the post. He's on Gogo Patadze, and he spins, cycles him, gets to the line, and one, baby. And freaking one. He's got craft in... Look, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He doesn't have the athletic spark that a a Nick Claxton does have, but he's got a lot of other tools in his tool chest. He's He's a very obviously one of the best offensive rebounders in the game and he's got some craft down low in the pick and roll he's strong he's improved defensively and that spin move was i could watch that all day it was smooth as hell like you he, it reminded me of Clax. like i'm not gonna lie, because Clax has improved that and he just has greater body control and confidence in himself to to just pull out these sort of moves great to see that from from Darren sharp tonight but Uh, I'll get to the rest of the guys and Cam Johnson. Nice little contribution from him. If you're getting 14.7 rebounds, three dimes, four, uh, uh, seven rebounds, including three offensive, three assists, three of six from three, five or 10 from the field. That is a very nice, you know, ancillary role in 30 minutes from him. Nick Claxton in only 24 minutes uh, put up six points, seven rebounds, three or four from the field, continuing to be effective. Uh, did obviously add to the to the stocks as well, but it was Darren Sharp who actually played 24 minutes too. But so yeah, those guys sort of split it. In the seven minutes of playing time for Trent Watford, a lot of it junk time, three or four from the field. But Royce O'Neill, I guess Royce wasn't incredible in terms of his shooting because he hit that one three. And look, you know, it's going to be absolute cash when it's a off the pump fake and a, and a one dribble three for Royce O'Neill. He might as well be Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson combined. Uh, but he did have seven assists. His, his playmaking is... Very valuable for the Nets. Like the Nets had 31 assists on 46 made field goals. They were also 14 of 34 from the three-point line. Did get to the line 31 times too. So look, his playmaking is positive. His rebounding was positive too. So look, beyond the box score, look at the little things. And it was just a good team performance from the Nets overall tonight. So it was just good to get back on the winner's list after what was not a great game in 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 the previous iteration against those charlotte hornets but i guess we'll finish with the bs report brought to you by antidepressants because this is just sad man like the ben simmons update that we got from from jacques Vaughan from the nets brass was not positive it, it just wasn't so this was uh in the press release as part of his plan rehab ben simmons received an epidural injection to aid in the overall recovery in his lower back and continues to improve. Simmons will continue with treatment and strengthening exercise while gradually increasing basketball activities. His status will next be updated in approximately two weeks. It's just, ultimately, it's a sad state of affairs for for Ben Simmons because epidural injections are nothing to sort of joke about. Like, is this going to help him get back to even what we saw in in positive glimpses in the preseason and early in the season? his body is just failing him. And that, that, that just kind of sucks. Like I'm not going to, you know, pile shit on him and, and make, you know, the, the a, a shitty situation even shittier. It just sucks because this guy, and I, I said it on, on Twitter that he's just not going to get back. It doesn't seem like his body is just crumbling before him. And for a guy that had so much promise and, you know, I've got a special sort of kinship to him as a, not just a nets fan but an, an Aussie basketball fan and you know he was wanting to get back for for the for the Paris Olympics and and, and represent us in in the green and gold and hopefully go for gold in, in that regard but now it's just like is this guy going to be anything unfortunately it just doesn't seem that way and we got uh, I wanted to point out that was a, there was an athletic physician who sort of responded to Sham Seranius tweet and he said this and it was Jesse Morse MD or well, more say, so, I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly, uh, on Twitter he said this, uh, in quotation marks, Band-Aid, his lumbar ligaments are weak and his discs are likely part of the problem. Steroids are Band-Aids and temporary solutions. He should have addressed this properly in the off-season. Stem cells and via disc are likely his best chance at a solid career without surgery. These take months to heal though. Months. Now, how often are we going to see Ben Simmons back in the next uniform? I don't really know. He's obviously got one more year left on his deal beyond this one. It becomes an expiring next season. There's the value there, but I just want for him, hopefully his mental health's okay. Because when we're feeling shitty physically, guys, the mental doesn't feel great either. But obviously... People smarter than me have said they had their say. You know, I don't know what Fire vi- Disc is. I should probably look that up before even sp- um, spouting that out there. Maybe you can hit me up in the DMs and give me a, a little bit more information about that. But hopefully, we see Ben Simmons contributing in the NBA in the medium to long term. But I'm not going to prognosticate or predict. I just want him to be okay and have a, a decent life beyond basketball, e- even with that. So. Back injuries aren't nothing to joke about, you know. I've I've had you know different thoughts here and there about Ben, but it's when I've criticised him, it's about him when he's out there and when he's healthy. When he's out on the sidelines, you don't you don't kick a horse while it's down. But Jacques Fawn also provided this uh, update in regards to him. He said that he's been doing low-level stuff. The epidural was just a part of his getting back to playing. That is a part of his treatment part of his strengthening he's had no setbacks right now he's still doing low level stuff at the court no rebounding drills no sprinting up the floor in two weeks he'll continue to strengthen it and we'll hopefully have something for you then hopefully ben is improving by that stage i i I put my fingers and toes across for him more than anything as well as us nets fans because he provides something for us his playmaking is pretty important but yeah, factoring in ben simmons into nets thoughts and the nets team thoughts going forward it's yeah it's probably false gold but hopefully he gets right hopefully the nets continue to stay right and they bring the form that they showed tonight against the orlando magic a form team in the nba against the atlanta hawks a team that's around that sort of same mark let's get this win let's get another one on the board nets world we continue to rise let's hope ben simmons is okay nets world baby